Hello, everyone. Welcome to Who's Your Hockey Live, episode 19. Uh, this uh, episode tonight is going to feature the Jeffrey on Boys, and uh, we are going to take you to that interview right now. This interview is sponsored by All Black Hockey Sticks. We go around the uh, the circle here and introduce uh, all of our guests. Today, uh, we have a uh, Montreal native, uh, played in the NHL for uh, a few seasons, and... Uh, Let's see, had 111 games, uh, 99 PIMS, 52 points. Uh, Danny Jeffreyon, thanks for being with us today, brother. Good to be here. Hello to everyone. <laughs> Very good. And then out west, we've got uh, the 29-year-old uh, uh, Nashville-born uh, sniper, uh, Mr. Sebastian Jeffreyon. Thanks for being with us, brother. How's it going? Doing How's well, man. And then we've got the 28-year-old uh, Man Rockets. Also out west today, uh, got in one last night. He's banged up, but he's here giving us a great, uh, you know, podcast this afternoon. Mr. Bryce, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> good stuff. So, hey, he was sponsored by Budweiser last night. <laughs> <laughs> one too many tough guys noticed. Oh, my. Right on. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't oh. teach. I didn't teach them that. Oh, and Danny, of course. Danny just said I did not teach them any of that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he's the he's the ringleader. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Um. So Bryce, I'm gonna start off with you, brother. I know you guys got short uh, short time, so I'm gonna jump in with you, man. Um. Played uh played one year of high school hockey at Culver Academy. Is that right? Um, I played. Uh, I played four years. Oh, oh, you played four. Oh, shoot, that's my bad. That's my bad. So yeah, four yeah, years at Col. Yeah, so I came in when I was fourteen, and um, obviously when I graduated, I was I was eighteen. So okay, there's back then there's three separate teams. Okay. Um, JV, varsity B, and varsity A. And mm-hmm. I played on all of them. My freshman year, I played on JV, and then the remaining years played on varsity A. Okay. And uh, who was coaching when you were there? Uh, at the time, it was Al Clark. And Dan Davich. Um, so Al Clark was kind of a, a legend there. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how, how long he coached there, but he, he's basically the reason the hockey program is what it is even today. Mm-hmm. And then Dan Davich, uh, he wasn't only my, you know, one of our coaches, but he was actually at, at Culver, my uh, my counselor as well, which is basically all the all the. Uh, there's different units that you're put in when you enroll into Culver. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're assigned, typically like two, there's nine different units. Each unit has a counselor. He was uh he was mean Sebastian's. He's still a to this day you know a great great friend. Um, not only with for, with me Bass and, and uh, Blake, but also you know my parents as well. So longtime friend, Dan uh, is So very good. So uh so you played four years there, and then uh, what was next for you? Was it uh was it Motor City? Yeah, so I got, so my senior year in high school, I got drafted to USHL Tri-City Storm, and um, I guess some notable, I, I went I went there, went to the camp, and uh, I guess some notable, a notable name there was I played with Jaden Schwartz, mm. um, but that was short-lived, I was only there for a, for a month, and uh, I was, they have a, they carry a 25-man roster in the USHL, I was the last one cut, because I couldn't cut it, and... You have a suitcase, eh, Bracer? Yeah. Anyways, uh, oh. so I, I got picked up by uh, yeah Motor City Metal Jackets. So I don't even think they exist anymore, but they're in the NHL. And mm-hmm. then I went to Detroit and uh, yeah played there for just uh, just a year. My my I think it was my start of my senior year. I committed to UAH, um, uh-huh. so they just wanted me to do one year of junior. They didn't care if it was in the USHL or the NHL, just some sort of development. And, okay. Uh, yeah, then went on to UAH for four years. Right on. So, so with you having experience in both uh, high school hockey and, and junior hockey, let me ask you this because we've asked a lot of our guests this, and I want to get your perspective on it. What? I have two questions. Which one was more fun, and then which one was better towards the development of your game and being able to play, you know, D one at a high level? Yeah, uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, I'd say high school is probably more fun mm-hmm. um, because at the end of the day I was a kid and uh, you know then there wasn't much I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself and 
the hockey was not it was not easy, but it was certainly easier than junior hockey. Um, so I definitely think high school is, I guess, to define more fun. I guess I'd, I'd put high school above uh, above junior. Um, but then when you go to junior, it's yeah, it's definitely different. You know, even going to the to the USHL, which is like the top junior league in the United States, mm-hmm. it was it was different. It was very much, uh, you know, they kind of treat it like a like it's your full time job because at that point it is. You know, when you go play junior. You don't really go. I mean, you can take classes and all that, but I didn't. Um, so you kind of like get a preview into the life of a pro, really, where all you have to worry about is practice that day, and then whenever you play your, your games, and and that's it. So they treat it and treat you, you know, kind of like you're a piece of meat, really. You know, mm-hmm. which they have they have to do. Um, so it was definitely a huge adjustment uh, mm-hmm. for me, for sure. It was, but at the same time, um, in terms of my development, yeah, I mean, if you want to. You know, play at a, at a high level. You got it. You got to go play play junior hockey in my opinion. I mean, it's kind of when you go from high school to junior, it's it's that much less watered down. With, mm-hmm. You know, other players who aren't as aren't as good, basically. Um, so it definitely helps you develop as a as a player and as a person. It's it's uh, like I said, it's more of a uh, it's more of like it's uh, your your job basically. So okay. Now, when you went uh, from from Culver to Motor City, did you uh, go to a visor right away? Did I go to what, sorry? To a visor, wearing a half shield? Oh, yeah, yeah. What was that like? Uh, it was really fun. I mean, uh, <laughs> it was definitely different, um, but you got to do it. You got to do it, because it's, it's probably the only time for a lot of people that you're going to be able to wear a visor. So I think what I did is I wore I wore a visor the whole year until playoffs. Um, and then once we had playoffs, I switched back to a, a cage just to like, get used to the games. I knew the next year I was going to be going to a... Uh, to college, but uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta wear the visor. Yeah, the the chirps mean a lot more, I find, coming with a visor than they do a cage. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, forty-seven games, three, five, and eight with seventy-one pims minus three. Was it just a total uh, gong show every night in the NA? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it just depends. I mean, you know, definitely had had your nights. I'd say you know every every ten. Every ten, fifteen games or so, it, it would turn into a little bit of a, a little bit of a gone show. Right. But um, yeah, I mean that, that's just part of it too. I mean, there's guys that are playing in that league just because that's all they want to do is, is fight or mm-hmm. be an idiot or whatever it might be. But right. it wasn't. It wasn't. It, was, it actually wasn't too bad. Right on. Now uh, going now going to Huntsville. Uh, talk about playing hockey. You know, in Alabama, man. I mean, that's got to be uh, you know something that's really a, a ton of fun playing D1. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, I always tell people my, my ultimate dream was really never to play in the NHL. I was kind of a pot of gold in the rainbow, but mm-hmm. my dream was always to play Division One college hockey somewhere, and um, very, very lucky and blessed to have gone to TUH. It was a, it was a cool scenario because, you know, it was a kind of a newer-ish team mm-hmm. at the time. What had happened is we we were in a, a lead, we were in a conference, and then the, my freshman year when I came in, that conference had dissolved. I don't remember mm-hmm. what the conference was called, but Sebastian probably uh, talk about that. But anyways, um, so for my freshman through my junior year, we were actually not even in a conference. We were just playing independent, so mm-hmm. it was cool because our coaches would just schedule games against you know the top teams. So um, to go to like you know Wisconsin and Miami of Ohio. And, I think we even played in the tournament my uh, my junior year in Minnesota. I mean, it was just to be in that that atmosphere, the college hockey atmosphere is like no other. So it was it was really cool, just the fans and um, being in kind of a you know non traditional hockey market like Alabama. Yeah, fun too. I was close to home, so my parents came down a lot. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was, it, was an, it was it was a really really good experience. We lost a lot. Happy to give you my final overall record if you want to get a quick chuckle in. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, it was. Uh, Your dad's laughing hysterically, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at my uh, my four year college uh, record for everyone listening was nine wins, hundred twenty four losses, and five ties. <laughs> Yeah, but your guys' strength of schedule was probably tougher than anybody. I celebrated my 100th loss. No jokes. Oh, <laughs> tough look. 
Yeah, Kyle, ask him about a couple of the how long were their average? How long was the average road trip by bus? Ask him. Oh, hey, Pops wanted me to ask you what was the average uh, length of road trip on the on one of those years? Oh yeah, I mean, my gosh, probably probably fifteen hours on average. Because um, that's the thing is we because we were independent, we tried to schedule as many home games as we could, but a lot of times it was just us going to the other team's rank. So we were we had a I mean. Luckily, our uh, our bus was unreal. Though it was uh, it was a really really cool bus. It had like you know, TVs and the sleepers and all that. So it was the, it was the University of Alabama's football bus that broke down, and they're like, "Fuck it, we'll give it to the hockey team." <laughs> <laughs> we were a big semi. It was a big semi with a bunch of like thirty bunks in it. Oh, <laughs> unreal. That's good though. Hey, at least you traveled well. So yeah, exactly. Good exactly. stuff. I'll, I'll never I'll never forget our bus driver, Big John. He was a he was a character. I'm ba- I'll let Bass tell you more about him, but man, that guy was that guy was something else. Right on. <laughs> we hired him right out of prison. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, not, not exactly. But, oh. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely, he definitely was busted for making meth at one point in his life. Jeez. <laughs> right on. <clears throat> All right. So so uh, All so. All part of the experience, right? Sure. So, so talk about wrapping your college career. What did uh, what did you get your degree in? Yeah, so I got my degree in finance. Um, I guess the culmination of my career. I was by my senior year. I was I was pretty uh, pretty burnt out. I guess to, mm-hmm. to playing. I didn't even consider you know playing pro. Or the only thing I did consider was maybe going overseas just so I could travel a little bit. But I was you know when you when you go through what I did for for four years with all the losses and all that, the ups and downs, it's, it wears on you. So I, I personally was done by my, by my career. Didn't, didn't want to go, uh, didn't want to pursue anything in hockey after. Right on. So, so where are you at now? I live in Los Angeles and I work for a, a private equity firm. Mm, that must and, suck uh, living in Cali and making a ton of money. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, it's a good, it's a good living out here for sure. And, um, yeah, so my company invests into smaller businesses, um, okay. but I love it. You know, a lot of things. I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but a lot of the things that I've learned in hockey, I, it absolutely translated. You know, the the, the the typical things like you know, hard work and mm-hmm. dedication, teamwork, all that stuff. It all, it all really does translate. So in hindsight, you know, hockey was the best thing that ever happened to me. Even mm-hmm. even now. It seems to be the constant back in Right on. You married? I'm not. I'm engaged. I'm recently engaged. Ah. Uh, so a girl I met on her name's Haley. We got engaged three months ago. Awesome. So well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. So we're doing the wedding and down in Mexico in November, so everybody's getting pretty excited about that. Very good. Oh, uh, oh so that's why, uh, is that why everyone's out in Cali getting the base tan? <laughs> pretty much. Well, you can see my brother Sebastian. He's White as a ghost, so he needs to get, <laughs> he needs to get Yeah, I got, I got, I don't know, I'm really tan, you know, I got red hair, so. Yeah, you don't tan, you burn, you burn, you yeah. go back to white. Yeah, exactly. Right like a after an hour. Oh, man. <laughs> right on. All right, Sebastian, let's jump into yours, bud. Uh, looks like uh, Culver Military Academy is for you. Uh, just kind of give us your thoughts on playing at, uh, you know, one of the powerhouse uh, high school programs here in the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was, it was pretty cool. Um, at the time, you know, Nashville wasn't the hottest hockey market in the world. Uh, so we kind of like what Bryce said was, you know, we got scouted by a guy named uh, Dan Davich, which, you know, him and Al Clark headed up the hockey program at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you weren't sitting around Nashville. So we got recruited to go out there and play kind of, uh, um, you know, Blake went there, my oldest brother, he went there first, mm-hmm. uh, then I followed and, and Bryce followed as well, so it was a really cool experience, like, you know, every, you know, kid probably <clears throat> dreams of going to school with their uh, their teammates and mm-hmm. being together 24-7, that's what we had, you know, it was kind of a dream come true for us, we were on a yeah. beautiful campus, Right. Um, you know, it was school hockey and hockey and hockey so yeah it was you're, it, you're working you know working out you got the you got the rink right there on campus as well sure. it's like, and it's a gorgeous you know, ring yeah yeah it's, it's pretty cool yeah um and then funny thing is is that uh like all of the guys from down south um you know from 
the Atlanta market. Uh, who else? Nick Dell. He's in the NHL now. He came from Huntsville, Alabama. So we got, you know, Victor Sapiner. We got Vinny Sapiner. He's over in Germany playing. They both went to BU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will McDonald. Like, all the, all the good guys from uh, from the South ended up following. I shouldn't say following us, but kind of, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, we introduced it to everybody. And, sure. and uh, before, you, before you knew it, we had, like, all the top talent from down south going to Culver. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. It was a really cool experience. So it was definitely a little bit of a transition going from, um, you know, uh, it was a military school, right? So yeah. a lot of guys went there. Uh, you know, that was a, that was a big eye-opener. Uh, for for some guys, especially myself, was it as strict uh, as everyone was it as strict as everyone thinks that it is? Um, I mean, you know, it's not like a get down, give me twenty, you know, type of uh, military, but it definitely is more of a leadership and kind of ha- it, it makes you have your shit together a lot before uh, you know going off to college. So you mature a lot faster, sure. Just by you know you're shipped off and you're you're fourteen years old and you're mm-hmm. you know. You know, you're making your bed in the morning. You got, you just, you know, you got to, you got to go to breakfast. All that stuff. Everything's on, on your own. So yeah, it's like that. You got your that? performance. Uh, how about that? Our parents disowned us at the age of fourteen. Yeah, way to go, Dad. Kicking us out of the house one by one. Oh man. It's a good thing they can't hear me. No, it was really cool. It was a good experience. Um, can't can't say I love shining my shoes every morning, but uh. Other than that, it was pretty cool. Right on. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned the college high school experience, getting yourself ready for the next level. And, um, you know, you had a, a, a great career there at Culver and then uh, had a, a, a couple seasons in uh, the USHL. So talk about uh, making that transition from high school to juniors. And, again, like I said earlier, uh, maybe which one was more fun, which one was better for development and uh, all that. Yeah, so as far as that goes, um, you know, I had a couple of chances to leave Culver um, and go and play the USHL. And as far as development-wise, it just wasn't the smartest thing to do at the time, given, you know, hockey isn't your entire life, right? So yep. it was good to stick around, not only for development-wise, where I was going to, where I, you know, I knew I was going to be playing a lot of minutes at that, you know, at Culver. If I go to, went to USHL or NHL, I wasn't going to be playing many minutes, I was going to be uh, you know, riding, riding the bench, you know, losing confidence, not developing as much as I should. So it was good that I stuck around there, stuck around Culver for a little bit longer. Got my, you know, I ended up graduating from uh, from there, got a lot of playing time, and it really prepared me for uh, the USHL, where I ended up going to uh, the Lincoln Stars. <laughs> um, played there for like three or four months before I got traded back to Indy, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lincoln was an awesome place to play. Um, and it was the weirdest thing because, like, a, it was like two weeks before I got traded, I had a meeting with my coach, uh, Jim McGorry. I'll never forget that guy. He was about five foot seven, an absolute nut job. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had the small man syndrome. He was, well, he would mess with my head so much before games. But anyways, told me he would never trade me. You know, I had this meeting, never trade me. You know, we can't win a championship without you. Next thing you know, <laughs> two weeks later, I'm sitting in his office. Told me he's trading me to Indy. Uh, and I was like, what the hell's going on? So then I uh, I just spent four years of my life in Indy, right, with going to Culver. And then I went I went back to um, – so I got traded back to Indy. And I went, I went and played for uh, Jeff Lashville, actually. He's the coach of the Detroit Red Wings now. Um, and then we went on to win it. So that was that was pretty cool experience. To, we had a really good team there. We had, like, uh, Brett Bennett, who was a guy that he was playing at BU. I don't know what happened there exactly, but he he left there, um, had to play a year in juniors, so uh, he had to sit out a year, so he played for us, which, mm-hmm. you know, having a good goalie, and that doesn't hurt. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so, so yeah, having that win, it was a really cool experience to, to win the, the, the Clark Cup in the USHL. Right on. So, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, let me read your line here in Indiana. Uh, 31 games played, 4-4-8, four, four, and 140. Did you have your gloves on at all in Indianapolis? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that, uh, um, in, in high school, I was more of a more of a skill guy and points guy, and I knew that when I went to the USHL in the Lincoln Stars, they had all their skill guys. You know, first two lines were set. Like I was not, I was not gonna, I was not gonna break that uh, 
that lineup if I didn't find a way to get in there. And so, yeah, kind of this. Sean Avery was uh, in Jordan 2 too. I love the way they played, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of took that role on. And that's the role I took on for like the next, I don't know, how many years, six years or whatever else I played. I don't know. So, yeah, I was more of an agitator. You know, I was, you know, you know, uh, I was an agitator, drew a lot of penalties. I wasn't afraid to fight. <laughs> a lot of times I was jumped. I didn't really want to fight the guy. But, uh, right. So, yeah, it was uh, just the kind of role I took on. And uh, I, if I was going to make keep making it to the next level, I had to figure out what was going to get me there. And I was... Let's say goal scoring wasn't goal scoring wasn't going to do it. So <laughs> right on. Now in the USHL at the time, did they have that uh, five majors rule? Uh, no, I don't think they did. Okay, because uh, we were we were billets for the ice in '14 when they won the Clark um, with that banger lineup, and the rule had changed to where you could only get five major penalties without serving a game after the fifth one. So you had to be real particular on when you dropped them. And yeah, no, they didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of guys that got their five out of the way in five, you know, five and five. Um, you know, a couple of them were real particular on not getting them off, and then, uh, you know, if someone, you know, took liberties, then they'd jump in. But there were a lot of stage fights to start the year at USHL in 14, but um, I, I think that made they made that rule so that way it wasn't, uh, you know, a shit show every night. But yeah, yeah. So okay. Um, yeah, no, that, that was an effect. So. Yeah, <laughs> right on. <laughs> that was. I think my games played would have been a little bit lower. Right. <laughs> Unreal. So you go to uh, so you go to uh, Huntsville as well and uh, play four years there. Um, you know, from the looks of the stat lines, uh, kind of a third, maybe fourth line grind guy. Uh, you know, had the penalty minutes down the freshman year, um, but then took right back off with 115, 61, and 60 respectively. So just talk about your time there and, uh, you know, getting a chance to play with your brother. Yeah, so um, there's a couple of colleges I was thinking about going to. Northeastern was one of them. Uh, but then once I got to... Uh, once I got offered, you know, when Bryce and I got offered together, um, it was it wasn't even a question. Just you know, our family was really close. It was, you know, Bryce and I had been away for a couple of years, and you know, Culver obviously, uh, you know, juniors, and then at the time, Blake, my brother was actually playing for the uh, Nashville Predators. Well, he wasn't there yet, but he was he was on his way there from Wisconsin. So, you know, it was nice because um, you know we could. You know, we're an hour and a half away from our house now with our parents. You know, they would, they could travel, they could come down and watch games all the time. We could come home on the weekends. We brought a bunch of guys in Nashville. That was always a fun time. Uh, we could, you know, I could come back and uh, and watch Blake play, watch them play a couple of games. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but as far as my role there, it was more. Yeah, you're right. Uh, third, fourth line. Sometimes the hot dog guy in the stands. Uh, <laughs> but I had a chance to play with the. Uh, Cam Talbot, that was pretty cool. He was that was my freshman years. That was when the CHA was around, and then the, that's what Bryce was talking about. We are that week folded, and we were supposed to get to the CCHA, and uh, obviously we, we didn't. So we went independent for the next three years. So that was a little bit tough because we actually almost lost the program at one point. There was some guy that came in for an interim president and folded the program, unfolded it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was a, it was after my after my freshman year. You know, that was pretty fun because we won uh, the CHA. We went to the regional tournament and uh, we lost in my Ohio in the regional tournament, like two to one. I mean, we got outplayed and outshot, but it was still. I mean, Cam Talbot just stood on his head. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably the reason why he is uh, where he is today. But um, yeah, overall, it was a good experience. You know, playing college hockey mm-hmm. was always a dream. Um, you know, obviously getting education too. Um, was another big thing because you know life after hockey is is uh it's real and it, whenever it hits you it's a little bit of an eye sure <laughs> but uh <clears throat> yeah definitely happy I got my degree um so yeah it, it was a it was a good experience what was your degree in uh my degree was in supply chain management but okay. uh so logistics work yeah right yeah, on so cool 
Okay, so uh, you transitioned from Huntsville and uh, you're, you're going to the CHL. Uh, kind of talk to us about that transition, maybe the camps that you went to, and then maybe did, were you sent from somewhere to Arizona, or how'd that work? Yeah, so what happened my senior year was, is, um, our, so what I was saying earlier was our program like legit folded. The guy came in, folded our program. My, uh, he announced that the program was folded for my senior year. And I kind of prepared for this school-wise. I was taking, like, there were some semesters where I was taking, like, 20 hours. Mm. Uh, so just in case that did happen, so if, my, if, it, if it, you know, our program did fold in my senior year, I would have, like, two or three classes to take, and I could go off and play pro hockey. Right. So I set myself up nicely that way. So <clears throat> this, uh, whenever we folded, um, we lost our season for that senior year. So when we scheduled games, we tried to, like, schedule as many as we could, and we had, like, 20, I think it was, like, 20 games. And I remember four of those were against, like, club hockey teams. <laughs> we played uh, the University of Alabama club team. And the goalie, in the middle of the play, we, we, we obviously were a Division One team, so we were all over them. Yeah. And the goalie, during the play, starts throwing up in the crease. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if he went on the night before. Or uh, he had to have. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. But, oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, so then my the second semester, I after right after my season, I had two online classes. Mm-hmm. So I got permission to go off and fin- you know finish my schooling, and I went off and played in Arizona, which was it was awesome. Uh, I finished the year out with them. The Arizona Sun Dogs was in Prescott, Arizona. Like mm-hmm. they put us up in like really nice houses, like right on a golf course. Hmm. We're more of a golf team than we were a hockey team, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could golf for free. I never knew what I had then, but. Now looking back, I'm in the real world. <clears throat> Literally, our schedule was wake up, go to the ring, you know, bullshit with the guys, have some coffee, go go and practice, you know. And uh, we were on the course by noon, uh, so and then we would play. And then you know, you come back in the morning, you write you write your score on the board. We'd have little tournaments during the week. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Uh, really cool experience. So then I I did really well there, um, and I actually got. The coach there, um, he got me into the uh, National Predators rookie camp, and I went. I went there. I did really well there, and then they invited me to go to the main camp, and uh, from there I just played, you know, three years in the in the minors. Or it was two and a half years, two and a half years in the minors, and uh, I played. Uh, let's see, it was Arizona, um, Missouri, Gwinnett, Quad City. Yeah, yeah. Well, Quad City was actually pretty funny because I was already. I was already out of hockey, right? I was living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing in beer league for the for the Chicago Saints Hockey Club. Nice. <laughs> There's a couple IU couple IU grads on there. Pete Johnson being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, uh, I had been really close to this one coach there in uh, in Quad City, and he calls me in the middle of the year, and he goes, "Hey, we're." He goes, "Are you still in shape?" <laughs> Right. He goes, I need you. He goes, I need you this week. And we got a bunch of guys sick, a bunch of guys hurt. So mm. it was pretty funny because I went up there and I played two games. And uh, and uh, I think it was the most ice I ever got because they, we only had we only had three lines. Like I was, the, I filled in the in the third line. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, I so I woke up the next morning and I wasn't that sore actually. But, and then Monday <laughs> came around and I couldn't even move. <laughs> you know, got hit by a bus. Yeah, uh, that was a pretty funny experience because you know I've been out of playing hockey for I don't know a year, year and a half, and then yeah. they gave me the, I got the call up from the beer leagues. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Hey, uh, uh, I, I could just imagine that phone call. Hey, are you in shape? Yeah, I, I, I had three goals and four beers in the game last night. I'm feeling good. <laughs> right on, man. Exactly. That's awesome. So. Uh, <laughs> So you played in a few pro markets. Again, we mentioned Arizona, uh, Missouri. You had a, a, a cup of tea in Gwinnett and Quad City. Um, which of the four was your favorite? Um, I mean, hands down, Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, living, in, you know, living in Arizona, playing golf, playing hockey. Again, it was pretty long road trips, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it 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 paid off with the with the golf and hockey combo. So it was sure. It's, uh, it was pretty, pretty cool, pretty awesome. Right on. What were you shooting in your prime of golf, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> uh, I'm actually not that good, but 
I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I, I know my dad's probably gonna chime in here, but I'm, I'm more of a, you know, high 80s, low 90s type guy. Okay. After nine. After nine. <laughs> oh, Eagles after nine. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Don't let him talk to you like that. <laughs> you should see me swing the sticks. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Bryce has broken a club or two. I'll just say that. Sure. That's unreal. Right on, guys. Well, hey, uh, unless there's any funny stories to add, do either of you have any ace stories of uh, uh, you know the years? I got a pretty good one for you. So uh, line, line them up. <laughs> no, so this isn't that bad. It's just, it's just funny. I used to, whenever I decided I didn't want to play anymore, I used to always joke around with everybody about how I'm going to burn my hockey gear and you know throw it away, blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying it over and over and one day, my literally my gear got stolen out of my truck. And I called everybody and I said it was meant to be, boys. It was meant to be. I didn't play hockey for you know like a year or two after that. Just took a break, but it was funny. Huh. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, boys, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know sharing some insight about the career and, uh, you know, telling a couple ace stories uh, in the process. We're glad that you guys aren't spending uh, long hours on the buses anymore and you guys are enjoying the sunshine in California. So um, thanks well, for coming on. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Right yeah, on. Thanks, yep. All right, boys, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll talk soon. All right. See you, buddy. All right, that interview with uh, Bryce and Sebastian was brought to you by All Black Hockey Sticks. Go to allblackhockeysticks.com, get the 100% carbon fiber, 440-gram hockey stick that is sure to improve your game. Uh, when you go to that site, mention Who's Your Hockey Live, you'll be entered to win a prize. And speaking of prizes, we do have a winner of our beer wax uh, that we are giving away this month, and the winner is Brad White. So, Brad White, congratulations uh, on your win there. And I will get that uh, beer wax out in the mail to you here uh, this week. So, um, so Danny. All right. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us while we were talking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just kind of give us an overall assessment of those two, and uh, you know maybe the stories they told, and and you know just kind of taking it in from uh, you know your shoes as a dad. Well, you know, like a, you know, I can tell you this, like. Uh, Going, I mean, we could go way back, but like what they were talking about with uh, Culver Academies, I'll tell you what, if anybody has an opportunity to go to that school, and if you don't, mm -hmm. you know, jump on that, then there's definitely something wrong with you. Uh, just a great place, you know, they, uh, Sebastian and Bryce and Blake, you know, they, they, uh, they sculpt you into becoming what's probably the most important thing is, is you know, good citizens, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the discipline with the military, and it's not gung-ho military. It's all about leadership. There's also, you know, it's 400 boys and 400 girls. And uh, mm -hmm. it's the same thing with the, uh, with the girls. It's the uh, precept European system. It's all leadership. So I think for them, that was a big, big influence in their life. It really molded them as men. When they came out of Culver after high school, well, mm -hmm. it was a breeze for them to you know, to handle to handle the college life, you know, because mm -hmm. probably Culver was tougher than uh, than uh, than Some their colleges. Than their <laughs> exactly, but yeah, yeah, the big part of this is uh, is my wife Kelly. You know, uh, you know, she. I mean, I was working Monday to Friday, and we'd come home. Remember, we have four boys, and we'd come home, and we'd get in the car and go play twelve hockey games. So every boy, <laughs> each boy had three games, right? And I was coaching, so we did that for. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many years. That's why I laugh now when I go to the rink and I hear some parents complain, well, we got two games today. We had 12. We'd, we'd leave Friday and come back Sunday <laughs> and back to work on Monday. But I think, I think you know, I, I could go on and on about my boys. But uh, mm -hmm. I think what I'm the most proud of, and that a, a lot of that comes from my wife, is, is mm -hmm. that they're all best of friends. As you can see, Sebastian lives in Chicago, and right now he's visiting, you know, Bryce out in, uh, in L.A. Blake lives mm -hmm. in Chicago. I have my oldest one, Nick, who lives in Atlanta. And, and what I'm very proud of is that they talk to each other, if not every day, every other day. And that means that means a lot, mm -hmm. you know, to, to a parent. Right on. Well, yeah, uh, you know, they all played high-level hockey. And, uh, you know, you yourself played high-level hockey. I mean, it's really remarkable to see, you know, a dad and three boys play, you know, 
that level hockey, it's it's really insane. The odds, you know, of of making the show are are so slim, and even playing pro hockey are so slim. And you had yeah. all, you know, three boys do it. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that's really remarkable. So, you know, if nothing, that's a feather in your cap to the development on your side of it too. I mean, it wasn't just the coaches. I mean, it was getting them to the rink and and sacrificing and right. and you know, spending the money for uh, and you know, that development. And that's the formula. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, when I was coaching. You know, I could tell you a funny story. I was coaching here. I was actually coaching Blake. And uh, we had our tryouts. And, of course, hockey was just getting going here in Nashville. You know, they had the house. Mm-hmm. I think it was our first or second year of travel hockey. And we're on the ice skating around. And I blow the whistle. And I bring everybody to the middle of the ice. And I go, all right, guys, just because you made the team last year doesn't mean that you're on the team automatically this year. So you better really work mm-hmm. hard during these tryouts. And that's when that's, when, that's kind of like Blake's kind of skated in. And he goes, hey, Dad. There's only 11 players here. I go, congratulations, you've all made the team. <laughs> but that's what, you know, that's what any organized sport, you know, does for you, as you, as the, the boys mentioned, is that, you know, it's that's the formula. You know, you have to work hard. You know, you have to make your sacrifices. You have to dedicate mm-hmm. yourself. That's the formula in the real world. So I, I would always tell right. everybody, hey, you know what, this is a, the lesson that you're learning here, right, is the, is the mm-hmm. lesson that you have to take with you in, uh, in in your life to become you know to become successful right on yeah. all right man uh let's let's jump back to um blake because he was the only one that wasn't able to join us and he's got trade deadline right now we understand that he's very right. very busy but um i want to kind of get your perspective on on his career from through your uh scope if you will um you know another another one of your boys that went to culver and uh he went from Culver to the uh, national development team here, yeah. uh, you know, in, in Michigan. So just kind of give us your thoughts on Culver and then that transition to uh, Michigan. Yeah, actually, when Blake went to Culver, uh, when he went to Culver, uh, it was a lot tougher of a military school at that time compared to when Sebastian and Bryce were almost to the point that it caused him his first year almost to to bail out and uh, but mm-hmm. made the made the right decision to stick to it. And that led to him his uh, last two years of high school being recruited by uh usa hockey so he was living with a billet family uh, mm-hmm. uh in ann arbor michigan he got to travel the world you know in all those tournaments they you know, they won quite a bit patrick kane was on that team blake had to pick him up every morning you know you know to, to go to school or, or to the rink so they got yeah. to be pretty good friends and then uh you know from there that led to being drafted by the uh the Nashville Predators here, you know, the hometown boy in Nashville. This mm-hmm. is where we live. We've been living here for 32 years. And mm-hmm. uh, he, um, you know, he, uh, he he got a scholarship to University of Wisconsin and mm-hmm. went, went there. And um, and then his, his, uh, uh, his third year was offered to sign with the, uh, not, not to sign it, but, you know, to make that jump with the Nashville Predators and probably go to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And start his uh, NHL route, but he decided that right. you know, no way. He goes, I I've got one more year to go. We've got a great team. It's a team that could go all the way to the championship, you know. And on top of that, he goes, you know, one more year to get my college degree. And uh, so right. that's that's what he did. It was so important, you know, that he, he got his college yeah. you know, got his college degree. And that was the year that they went all the way to the finals, and that he won the uh-huh. Hobie Baker uh, award. Right on. Yeah. Now, uh, what what year was his draft year? You know what? I'm not really good with dates, but I'm pretty sure that was 2006, is what I want to say. Oh, okay. So it was his freshman year that he was drafted. Right. Right. So like, okay. right. So you you come out of the USA Hockey right out of high school. Mm-hmm. That's when you get you basically get drafted. And so he right opted. On. So, so was was he on entry level at Wisconsin? Uh, well, they're not, they're not allowed to be paid when they're in, you know, when Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, so no, he wouldn't right. have been. So he was just so, drafted, yeah. but he was drafted, but mm-hmm. un, unsigned, right? But they own okay. his rights and all that. And then when okay, they, feel, right once on. they feel that you're ready to make that jump, then they come and offer you the contract, which they okay. did, you yeah, know, yeah, after yeah. his, his okay. third year and, uh, but opted to yeah. say, like I was just saying. Yeah. So 08, so then, 09, so, and then 2009, so 2010 was Hobie. Yeah. So from there, you know, from there, you know, after graduation, then he, Went and uh, you know did the rookie camp with the Predators just like Sebastian did uh-huh. and ended up in yeah. Milwaukee and he was up and down in Milwaukee was doing well and then that led right, right up until uh, until uh, he, he he was 
you know, he was really Blake has always been a slow starter, and he was starting to come around mm-hmm. and looking really good. But at the same time, is when mm-hmm. um, uh, is when uh, Nashville was making their probably their first run ever uh, for the Stanley Cup. You know, for the playoffs, just trying to get into mm-hmm. the playoffs, and they were small on the D, so they traded Blake to Montreal in exchange uh-huh. for for Hal Gill. So we were kind oh, of okay. We were kind of disappointed that he got traded because, you know, my wife and I, we had two tickets to the games, right? He's, he wasn't married at the mm-hmm. time. And so that was date night for us. And all of a sudden it's in Montreal. Right. And till this day, <laughs> we don't know if it was a political because at that time, Montreal also had a coach that could only speak English. And that's taboo up in Montreal. You have to be able oh, to speak both yeah. languages. You know, the yep. press got all over the coach because he couldn't. I don't remember sure. who it was, but, you know, the, the guy, you know, he couldn't communicate in French to the press. And so... Uh-huh. I, you know, I I think there was a little bit of a political move there, like bring the Jeffrey on name back to Montreal, and, and that's exactly what mm-hmm. happened. And it took all of the attention away of the coach not being able to speak French. It took all that away, you know. And mm. um, right on. But anyway, yeah. So he went to Montreal and played there. He was up and down there with the Hamilton Bulldogs and Montreal yeah. Canadiens, and yeah. then uh, and then they uh, they actually went into the lockdown. You know, they went into the uh-huh. lockdown. The NHL did. And uh, yep. Blake, Blake had enough years in his career that he didn't have to uh, go to the American League, but he raised his hand and, and uh, basically volunteered to go to the uh, farm team uh, in, mm-hmm. Hamil- in Hamilton because this was the last year of his contract, and he was looking at you know signing a nice you know two three two three year deal for lots of money, and um, mm-hmm. so he wanted to be, make sure that he was in good shape once the lockdown the lockout was over with. And as sure. we spoke earlier, that's. Uh, Montreal was missing their hockey, so they brought their farm team of the of the Montreal Canadiens, the Hamilton Bulldogs, against the against the Syracuse Crunch, which is a farm uh-huh. team of Tampa Bay. And my yeah. wife and I were at Bell Center, twenty five thousand people, and that's when Blake came down the ice on the left side that everybody knows about. Took a, just a devastating, good, clean hockey check, mm-hmm. and and uh, both bodies went up in the air. And long yeah. story short, there by the time he landed, the 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 back of the skate of Cote. Uh, uh, fractured Blake's skull. The, the blade went right in between the. It was the back part of the skate that went right between his ear and the helmet, mm-hmm. where we all have that little gap. Mm, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so anyway, that you know, again, there's a lot of stories there, but that basically put an end to uh, to his career. Not that he probably couldn't have played, but he, you know, he just said like, "There's there's no way of knowing what could happen," and that what you have to worry there is about the quality of your life later on in life. So mm-hmm. he had his college degree, and so he made the decision yeah. to uh, to get you know to hang him up. And uh, he's been uh, he, he's got a he's had a few jobs here and there, but for the last few years, he's been with the Columbus Blue Jackets, scouting at the NHL level. Mm. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the hit, and uh, you know, in, in part of doing my research for today, and you know, looking at it from all angles, uh, you know. He was flying up the wing, and right. you know you could see right as his head came up, you could see Cote's hips turn over, yeah. and uh, you know you could see it when they showed it on the other angle from like the end goal um, camera angle. You're like, oh man, you could see it coming. You're like, okay, collision, and thank God his head was actually up when he took it because you know, yeah, yeah, like been a lot and, worse. And, and talking with the, the play was transitioning. And so he had seen that the defenseman had gone off. So to get a little bit of extra speed, he put his head down and was skating from basically mm-hmm. the blue line to the red line. Blue and then it's like a move that I still make in the beer league. You know, he was just trying to pull it inside. And at the last minute, you know, I think Cote yep. was probably realized that he was going to get beat. And so he just threw that mm-hmm. hip out and just caught him. And yep. boom, both bodies went just flying up. And like, oh, yeah. Never seen a hit like that. You know, it's like. Un- it really was something. It's crazy. Yeah. Just they kind of. They kind of both helicoptered, and when yeah. he came down, it was just a freak accident. I mean, there's yeah. nothing, you know. Yeah, it was the, terrible. The hit, yeah, it was. It was. You hate you hate to see someone's career ended like that on a freak accident, and, yeah. and like you said, a good clean hockey play where the hit was legal, yeah. and just so the happenstance was just so bizarre. But you know, glad that he is okay and and able to you know continue his career outside of oh, hockey. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. You know, everything I've read and everything I hear about him, you know, just from from your, you know, time, it it seems like he's a good guy. And like you said, uh, you know, a good citizen and and learned a lot of lessons from the game. And that's exactly what you want your kids and your young men to be is, you know, people that are good people. And, uh, 
you know, can contribute outside the game as well. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> right on. All right, man. So let's uh, let's dive into your career. We talked about your boys, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, you know, as uh, as good as your career was, I'm sure you're more proud about your boys. But um, oh, yeah. we'd yeah. be silly we'd be silly not to get on here and, and talk about your career. So uh, started off in Cornwall. Um, in Cornwall's in Ontario, right? Yeah, Cornwall is uh, Cornwall, Ontario. I, I played for the Cornwall Royals, and that was right, mm-hmm. Cornwall is right in between Montreal and Ottawa. So we were in okay. Cornwall, Ontario, but we actually played in the Quebec League back yep, then. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> so, right. so you played in the queue for five years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I'll just I'll read down just your pims. Uh, let's see, 570, 123, 148, 183. So trajectory going up. Um, <laughs> talk well, about your time in Cornwall and just uh, your role and how much you love playing junior hockey. Yeah, so you have to remember that back then they didn't draft at 18 years old. Right. And so if you back up a little bit, what ended up happening is, is that we were my dad had made us come back with the New York Rangers, coached them, played for them, scouted for them. And it was time for him to come back to Montreal and he was going to continue mm-hmm. scouting for the Rangers uh, in, in uh, we were in Dorval. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I can't remember exactly what age I was. I want to say 13, 14, something like that. But the following year. The following year, what ended up happening is this was 1972. Dad got the um, the job to coach the Atlanta Flames. So that's when I had mm. my we, my brother and I, Bob. There's three of us. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest. There's myself, my brother Bob, and my sister Linda. And so mm-hmm. she was going with them, but he had his first heart to heart talk with us and said, "If you guys want to keep playing hockey, you need to stay here and, and continue to, to for, you know to achieve your goals and." become hockey players. And so that's how we mm-hmm. ended up with Orville Tessier was the coach in Cornwall and mom, dad, and Linda headed down to, to, to Atlanta. And so we would see them in the summertime, but yeah, my brother played with the Royals for a couple of years, got drafted by the Sabres in the eighth mm-hmm. round, I think, I'm not sure, but stayed in the minor leagues. And then he was done. I was in Cornwall mm-hmm. for five years. It's like, I wish they would have had a pension plan on that team because I was <laughs> there. I was there forever. I was. I always tell everybody, yeah, Howard Chuck was there, Gilmore was there, but I go, I've got all the records in Cornwall. I tell them, I got all, and, and then finally one person figured out. They go, yeah, but Danny, they played three years there, and you played five. And I go, yeah, we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about right. that. And uh, that's funny. So, so, so I ended up in seventy nine, eighty, getting drafted by the Quebec Nordiques of the World Hockey League and Montreal Canadiens, and um, and so I opted to go you know, to Quebec City, especially after, you know, checking out the hockey news and who Montreal Canadiens mm-hmm. had on the right-hand side. They had Guy Lafleur, Mario Trombley, Mark Napier, and Rick Chartres mm-hmm. was coming in on that, you know, that fourth line with Jarvis and Ganey, which was the the big defensive line. So I knew where mm-hmm. I was going, so I opted to go to Quebec of the World Hockey League. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, it was a, yeah, I was the only rookie on the team, so that was that 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 was a lot of stories about getting picked on there, but um, yeah, went went there to um, to the Quebec Nordiques, and then the following year after that, uh, the the World Hockey League folded. They had some teams that merged in, uh, mm-hmm. and and the deal was that they would be allowed to merge in with the NHL with the contingency that all first round draft choices of the previous year returned to their original team. You know, they would respect okay. our contract, so that's how I ended back up in Montreal. Okay. I, really, I really didn't want to go. I mean, I love Montreal uh, and I love the heritage of the game and all that. But, uh-huh. but I'm, it's, it's so talented. It's like, when am I going to yeah. you know, get a get a spot there? And sure. uh, and then with, to make it even tougher, like two weeks before training camp starts, they hire my dad as the coach, and I love oh. my dad to death. Love, love my dad to death, but we didn't really know each other. For five years, I would spend two months yeah. out of the year there. He was traveling and all that. We were great friends. And, and um, you know, after all this uh, travel with the hockey and our, the, the, our careers ended, but that was so uncomfortable. You know, we didn't even know each other that well. Now he, he's the coach, you know. So I was more worried about getting the players to like me as opposed to, you know, them worrying about me tattletailing back to the coach, you know. Right. And uh, so that was sure. tough. That was tough. And so the, so the following year, like, uh, stat wise, it was. So you finished the year there. Finished the year in Montreal, but it wasn't, you know, like stat wise, you know, I dressed for thirty two games. You know, is is yeah. what it's, and uh, that was the thirty two games that my dad was there. <laughs> huh. 
All right. And then after that, I think I, the last game in the playoffs uh, I played, me and Norm Dupont. Not the Norm Dupont of the Flyers, but Norm Dupont of Montreal. Anyway, right. a lot of stories there. And then well, sure. come to training camp the following year and uh, was left unprotected. And that's when John Ferguson and the Winnipeg Jets picked me up. And uh, so that was kind of like a new start. They had just right. won the they had just won the Afco Cup and all that, and so mm-hmm. went there. And Tom McVie was the coach, and mm-hmm. um, so everything was going good there. Like like here's another good one, Kyle, that nobody knows about. So if you look at my hockey card, right, it shows me having 20 goals that year in Winnipeg. I scored 20, 20 26, and yeah. 26 and 82 pims. Right. Well, I I had 19 goals at Christmas. So Tom McVie was the coach, but if you look at our team's record, it was awful. Mm-hmm. It was almost as bad as the boys' record down at University of Alabama in Huntsville. We didn't. Oh, we didn't. Geez. I think we won seven games that whole year. So come Christmas, oh. they fired Tom McVie and they brought in Tom Watt, who which which he was a very very defensive minded coach, and uh-huh. of course I was all I knew was offense. You know, like back then, mm-hmm. all you have to do in your own zone is cover the point man, right? And I had a hard time mm-hmm. doing that at times. So when I tell everybody, when I tell everybody, I go, yeah, I scored 20 goals in the NHL. But what a lot of people don't know, I got my 20th goal the last game of the year in Vancouver. <laughs> so you went, you went from 19 games to game 50, or sorry, 77. Yeah. That you played that year, or 78. Yeah. You didn't score in any of those games. Right. Oh, the oh. reason. So what happens there is with McVie, I was playing first line, power play, even killing penalties. Maybe that's why okay. our record. Maybe that's why our record was so bad. Oh, I'm I'm getting a twenty percent here on the phone. But uh, huh. so what happens is that when Tom Watt came in, I basically went from first line to fourth line with limited, oh. you know, like two appearances yeah. a period or, or whatever. So it okay. is what it is what it is. And then from there, yeah. you know, I I ended up in the minors in in uh, Tulsa and in Sherbrooke. Did well, had good records there. You know, and, mm-hmm. and then uh, it just got to the point where I had, had enough. I was still very young. I was 25. So I actually went over and, and played in Japan for a whole year uh-huh. and uh, came back from that. And I said, you know what? I'm done with this. And so I hung him up. And and by, by then uh, we had uh, Nicholas on. The, Nicholas was born. That's my oldest son. And so I said, just time for me to get back into the to the new world. I had put enough money away, you know, mm-hmm. to take a year or two to figure out my new yeah. purpose in life and. And I've been in the finance business, you know, uh, ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so talk about. Um, I, I want to go kind of scroll back a little bit in 1978-79, Quebec Nordiques of the World Hockey Association. Um, was that was Andy was in the World Hockey Association, right? The, what was that? The Indianapolis. Uh, team? Yes. There's, yes. Yes. Who but was I it? Think was it the Checkers or the Racers? It was the. It was. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to plug in with my phone. It was the. Oh, uh, no worries. I believe it was the Racers because we played out at the. Okay. Colise- we played out at the Coliseum, if I remember. Yep. Yep. Correctly. Yep. Yeah. And uh, was was Gretz there when you were there? Uh, no, I think that. I think that he that wasn't year, here long. Right, he wasn't, and so I I don't think that he was. Is that okay. okay? Is that okay? Is the picture okay for you guys? Yeah, you're good to go. Okay. Yep, you're good. I just plugged yeah, back. Yeah, so yeah, I think he was only here like nine or ten games. So unless yeah. you played them right away, I think I think if I remember right, uh, uh-huh. if I remember right, I think like it was when like Frank. I think Frank Beaton was there. If you remember mm-hmm. Frank Beaton, he was a mm-hmm. he was a he was a, you know a, a, a good fighter back in the day, and, and I know that he sure. was there, and we played out at the Coliseum. I know that's yeah. where I know that's where they ended up playing, but at one time I think they moved back downtown, played mm-hmm. there I think, and then back out to the Coliseum. But yeah, it wasn't yep. it wasn't long. I played against yeah. I played against Gretzky when I was with the Quebec Nordiques in the World Hockey League. Uh, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, he was you know you know uh, the Edmonton Oilers, and uh-huh. uh, so I had the pleasure of lining up you know against his bodyguard Dave Semenko. So that was a lot yeah. of fun. I think at the I'm face sure. of, I think at the face-off circle, I came up to his ass. Then I would turn around like this. And I was like, oh, nice! You know, if you just even looked at Gretzky, you'd get your you'd get chopped right across the forearms. Sure, yeah. sure, that's unreal, though. Yeah, that's yeah, um, uh, ho- hockey here in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, there's there's about seventy years worth of history, and uh, you've got to kind of connect all the dots to kind of put it together. 
Um, the Indy Fuel are actually at the Coliseum. They've done a beautiful renovation of the, the property uh, since you played uh, there. It's uh, it's about 7,000 seats now. Nice. And uh, they, they put about $25 million into the place. So it's still there on the, um, yeah. the state fairgrounds. And uh, it, it's really, really nice. For the yeah, my wife and I, we had some uh, great road trips. So you can imagine how many times we've been up to Culver Academies, how many mm-hmm. times we've been to Indianapolis, how many sure. times we've been to Madison and Wisconsin. You know, it was, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we would do. We'd go out and, and watch our boys, you know, once they were playing uh, college hockey. So sure. stayed, we stayed busy. Uh-huh. And, and oh, uh, I think it was 2009 when... Uh, uh, the Clark Cup was won here. Were they playing at Pan Am, or were they playing? Where were they playing at? I think they were playing or at Bankers. the. Col- I think it was at the the Coliseum. Oh yeah, it might have been the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they had. Um, it's got the big yeah, gap right. between. You know, they had the big the big gap of cement before the boards. If you yes. Remember, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then I they fi- and then and then they and then they had fixed that up and all that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good little market, man. Uh, hockey's growing here. We're trying to you know. Even me, you know, the small little podcast trying to, you know, sure. bring guys in that have a lot of, uh, you know, ties with Indiana. And, you know, certainly your family has that. So, um, you know, just kind of talking about those memories and just kind of sharing on why hockey's so great here in Indiana and the things that it can offer, you know. Um, you know, no better example than you guys for sure. Yeah. So, well, let right me on. Let me, let, me, uh, let me just give you a little uh, – let me give Larry with All Black Hockey Sticks uh, a little a little plug. You know, for all uh-huh. of you guys that are out there, you know, like one of the things now that I do since all the boys are gone, I put on adult ice hockey tournaments. And uh, so mm-hmm. I actually do four, sometimes five a year, called mm-hmm. Boom Boom Cup Classics with an S, mm-hmm. boomboomcupclassics.com. And okay. uh, so we do a tournament in South Lake Tahoe, Las Vegas. The biggest one that we do, of course, is the first weekend um, of uh, August here in Nashville. Last year we had 42 teams, and you know we only have four sheets of ice, and now we're building two more sheets, so we, we hope to grow that. But um, mm-hmm. Larry actually introduced me to one of his all-black hockey sticks, and so I don't know if Larry's listening to this, but I just want him to know that you know I still play in the beer league, and I just got my one millionth goal. Uh, in the beer league since I've been playing, you know, since 25 <laughs> with an all-black hockey stick. So they are very good sure. hockey sticks, and they're not $300. They right? And they're I not know. $300. So yep. there you have it. I just yeah. thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've done I've done some ad reads for them, and, uh, you know, I finally got a great ambassador for, uh, you know, <laughs> plugging it. No one wants to hear me saying it because I suck, but, you know, Danny Jeffrey on talking about well, it, for know, the- it's obviously something. For the guys that know me, if any of you are going to be listening to this, uh, mm-hmm. that's that that's always been an ongoing thing with me. Is I you know we'll go for a beer after beer hockey, right? Or we'll be in the dressing uh-huh. room, right? And the guys will you know the guys I'll say, hey guys, guess what? That was my one millionth goal. You know they like they're so tired of hearing about it. Ah, oh, get out! Of here. <laughs> <laughs> Timing that's is everything. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, and we you know we're so thankful for Larry and his team. Uh, you know, supporting the show and, and, uh, you know, helping build our brand while we help them build theirs, you know, it's a sure. great company and they've, yep. they've done nothing, uh, but good things for the, the sports. So we'd be silly not to thank them again. So, um, so, so how close, uh, you, you mentioned your tournaments, do you work with, uh, all black as far as, you know, putting them on, do they sponsor them? How does that all? So Larry comes in, Larry comes in and, uh, um, you know, he comes to the tournaments. A lot of times he'll play in the tournament. Sometimes I'll play in my in, in, in my tournament. But what we do, we kind of do some co-branding with the, the swag bags. You know, if we're going to be handing out, okay. you know, uh, water bottles or T-shirts or whatever, we kind of share in the mm-hmm. cost of that, which, you know, that, that always mm-hmm. helps. And then he normally yeah. sets up there at the tournament and, uh, you know, uh, sells the uh, all-black hockey sticks. Sure. Right on, man. Yeah, that's a good gig. And, uh you know, I'm definitely going to have to start plugging the tournaments and maybe get a team together. I mean, we'll have to play novice, but uh, yeah, hey, maybe <laughs> so, maybe uh, one day maybe we can do a Boom Boom Cup Classic up in Indianapolis. There you have it. That would be that would be nice. We have to build some rinks though. I, we don't I, have I, a lot of ice up here. I, I know there's I, I know there's uh, adult hockey up, up there, but you know, it's remember you're bringing in teams from everywhere to Indianapolis. That's true. So it doesn't doesn't have to be just uh, those guys. You know, this this the, sure. the local teams. All right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I, I wanted to uh, ask you about a story from one of your first years. I believe it might have been Montreal, Quebec. Um, 
you said you had a ace story in the pocket. So, uh, so run us down on this story. Oh, so the, uh, so there's just a couple of things that I thought that your, your fans would uh, enjoy hearing, which is always a lot of fun. But, uh, so it was like my rookie year. It was actually, uh, um, it might have been Quebec. It was in Quebec City, I believe, is what it was. But we were on the road and all that. And uh, so I was the only rookie on the team. And that's always dangerous because the veterans always come after you, right? But <laughs> you have to remember that that whenever you're done playing the game, if you lose the game, then there was, you know, the coach normally gives you a curfew. Like you're done playing hockey at around 9.30. So by the time you're showered and out of there, it's like 10.30. So the coaches, if I remember correctly, like curfew was like at around 1 o'clock where a lot of the guys would just go out and have a, you know, they would either go out and have a couple of beers, a couple of beers and dinner, or just use all that time just to have their beers and then make it back for curfew. So we would always laugh. And I, and I learned from a lot of the guys, Right, that we so you'd come in the lobby at the twelve forty-five of the hotel, and all you've had was your beers, right? All you've had was your beers, and so you're starving to death. So there's the pizza delivery guy in the lobby of the hotel, right? So I would look at him uh-huh. and, I, and I'd go, "Hey, what room is that for?" And he goes, four twenty-five. I go, "Well, that's our room. How much do we owe you? Where have you been?" Right. Uh-huh. So meanwhile, meanwhile, Kyle was up in his room waiting for his pizza. We were munching on that pizza with the guys, and then what we would do is we'd slide that box the next day in front of room 425. We're just some couple of pieces of crust. In Montreal, the one that happened to me uh, <laughs> is that they actually had me arrested. All of the players, all of the police, everybody was in on it, and uh, we had gone out celebrating, you know, uh, me becoming a veteran, you know, which was all, you know. BS, right? It was all to do this. Yeah. And uh, so they came crashing down on my door that night. The police, mm-hmm. the SWAT team, it's like 20 degrees outside. Throw me in the police car and, and put me through the oh whole, you know, the gosh. picture. The, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my uh, gosh. You know, like, and I, I was like basically in tears, you know, like, just, oh, my gosh. Sure. Oh my gosh I didn't do anything. Right, so right through the, right. Right to the orange suit, in the, right into the right into the, the four by six cell. All I can think about is like, oh my gosh, what is my dad going to say? Because he always said, you know, take care of your family name. I worked hard for it and all that. Oh yeah. my gosh, right? So <laughs> so you would think that enough was enough. Well, the captain of the team picks me up the next morning and he looks at me and he goes, Danny, oh my gosh, like, what have you done? You know, our team has a reputation. Like, oh my God, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I walked into yeah. the dressing room for practice. All the guys were there. They all look at me like, like, you know, they just give me that dirty look. And I'm like, what are you doing, rookie? You know, and uh, and uh, so anyway, so then Jacques Demers was the, the coach. Was the coach. I'm sorry, this was this was also in Quebec City. Jacques Demers was the coach, and he comes in. And back then, we didn't have CDs. We had, you know, cassettes. So before practice, he would put the cassette in and show us a couple of highlights from the previous game. Well, guess what it was? They'd film the whole thing. So when he put, put oh. first play, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I went out and had the best practice of my life because, you know, it, it, I finally realized, you know, that, oh, this whole thing was just a big setup and a joke, you know, so all the pressure was off of, like, getting into trouble with the team and all that. So just a lot That's of funny. just a lot of fun fun times like that. You, you know, the rule was never fall asleep, especially on the plane. You know, if you're back then, a lot of us yeah. wore the gray pants, so somebody would always end up taking a few ice cubes right before you land and would put them on the thigh, on your thigh. And the ice, the ice would melt. So whenever you woke up, right, it looked like you peed in your pants, right? Oh, and then, good and Lord. then, so then, what you do is you you put your coat on and cover up that area. And the coach would say, "Boys, put your jackets on," because he was also in on it, right? So you had to put uh-huh. your jacket on and your whole pants. <laughs> oh, it never ended. Your luggage, right? You come in, you've been on the sure. road forever, and all you want to do, all you want to do is go home. Captain comes over. It was Mark Tardif. He comes in. He goes, Danny, just want you to know you're doing a great job. You're becoming a veteran, blah, blah, blah. It was all BS, right? They were just because because mm-hmm. you were over there grabbing my luggage and sending it about eight carousels down at the other end. You know, when it's all said and done, <laughs> like this, or where's, you know, I would go to that little here. Hey, is there any more luggage? No. So then you have to go in and make your report. You know, another hour. All uh-huh. you want to do is go home. It's it's two o'clock in the morning and all that, right? Finally, one luggage guy comes up and goes, "Is this your luggage?" Uh, right. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I just went on and on and on. So what would see what happens? 
that happens to you when you're a rookie, well, then what do you think happens your second year? Then you do it to get your paybacks to the other rookies. Sure. But I never did any of those things. Uh-huh. I never did any of those things. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't buy a second of that, but. <laughs> no. All right. right Very good. Yeah, I won't keep you any longer, brother. Yeah. That was uh, that was pretty sick, man. You know, I, I right. appreciate you and the boys coming on and, uh, you know, telling some stories about the game and, uh, you know, just sharing some time with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, all right? right? It's all for the love of the game. We love the game. And uh, sure. anytime, uh, we appreciate you promoting hockey. And, and uh, yep. come on, Indianapolis. Start building some more rinks. Let's go. <laughs> all right? Thanks, sure. everybody. All right, Danny. Okay. Thanks, brother. Okay. See ya. All right, man. All right, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Who's Your Hockey Live. Uh, this episode will be going live on iTunes Tuesday night. Um, thanks to the Jeffrey on boys for uh, taking time for us for episode 19. And uh, with that being said, episode 20 will be Wednesday uh, evening at 6.30. Our guest for episode 20 will be Mason Baptista of the Fort Wayne Comets. So thanks for joining us for Who's Your Hockey Live, episode 19, and we are out.